You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Thank you. Let's take our Bibles, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, if you would, and I love songs that talk about loving God. (laughs) There's so many songs out there that aren't worth singing, but talking about our love for God, that's certainly something we're singing about. Thank you for that. Ecclesiastes chapter number 5 this evening, and uh, I want to just thank you so much for those of you who uh, took part or worked in in any way, shape, or form and helped with the Ministry Expo, or just for walking through and being a part of it. It was, to me, a very exciting event. I, I loved it. I, 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 was, uh, I, was, I didn't know what to expect, you know. The first time you're doing something, you're like, is anybody even going to want to go down there? Is anyone going to sign up for anything? I was, I was underselling it to our leaders big time. I was like, now look, you may not have anybody sign up at all for your ministry. And, I, and, you know, and, and some ministries didn't have a ton, and that's okay. We expected that, but... But uh, uh, there were so many more that I thought, man, I don't know if anyone's going to sign up for that. And then we had like a list of people that said, hey, I'm interested. And, and <coughs> excuse me. And so that was very exciting for me to see. I'm losing my, my voice right now. So I've got my water here. And, I'll, and uh, I, I hate to disappoint you, but I may not be preaching for a long time tonight. I know that'll be very sad and, and heart, heartbreaking for many of you. But uh, Especially we have a couple here on their, on their honeymoon, uh, from uh, Joanna and George from Pacific over here. And so I'm sure they would love to spend, you know, hours and hours of their honeymoon in church right now. But uh, we're, we're going to just have a thought to share with you in just a minute here and, and uh, just a challenge, really. But I loved the, uh, the excitement of the ministry expo. People walk through and, and uh, all the little goodies on every table, so very clever and, and different things. We enjoyed that. Uh, I think my daughter ate about six pounds of chocolate, my, infant, my uh, toddler, three-year-old Kelly. And uh, so she's, I don't think she's going to sleep for three days, but that was good. They, she enjoyed that and, and uh, just the different things there. And, and to see people just smiling and signing up for things was so exciting to me. And just, I'm very excited to see people that are going to get involved and serve the Lord. And, uh, and I, what I loved about the expo was I, to see that there are so many people in our church that want to serve, and they want to be used, and, but, but they don't know where that outlet is. And so I, I'm looking forward to be able to plug some people in. And there were some uh, people that said, well, Pastor, what about, uh, you know, how are we going to learn how to do some of these things? Well, that's well, where, you know, we're going to have to work at some developmental training and strategies within our own ministries here. And, and begin to teach and train you in those ministries in which you signed up for. And so uh, we're having a, a monthly leadership meeting with those who are leading those ministries to really help and, and uh, figure out how we're going to strategize how we're going to get people trained and plugged in into those different ministries. And so that's, that's great, and I, I, looked, I had such a great time there. We had several, several visitors today. And what was so amazing was we had these two, these two young ladies who came to church this morning and uh, they're from originally from Romania, and uh, they moved to the area, and uh, they said, you know, we were driving out to Fullerton to a church, it was a Baptist-type church out there, and they said, but uh, that's just a long way to travel, and, and we couldn't really get involved, and we're looking for a place where we can get involved, and, and we had a Baptist missionary in Romania where we, when we were there, and uh, so they said they just found our church, I think we're 20 minutes away from them even, but that's still closer than Fullerton to them, 
And uh, they said, you know, uh, but we want to be able to get involved in the church. And I said, well, what a perfect day. They said, I know it almost seems like it was meant to be. And I was like, well, you know, you said it, not me. But, uh, but uh, they came through and uh, got to see. They actually signed up for some ministry, so we'll see how that goes. But, uh, uh, but, uh, and then we had some other people that are newer to our church and that uh, are gifted and talented in different ways. And they got connected with different people in our, in our ministries. And I, it was just such a great, uh, great thing. And I look forward to next year. I've already had people say, Pastor, you talked about this ministry that's not started yet, but we want to be involved in that. And I was like, awesome, let's talk about it. Maybe we could get it going. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to adding more ministries. And I don't want to over, overburden us. I don't want everybody to have to you know, wear 10 different hats. But uh, as the Lord leads that, I'm looking forward to just adding more opportunities to minister to people. And so I had a great time. Thank you for being involved. Thank you for just even going and, and being a part of it and walking through. And if you signed up for something, double thank you, okay? So looking forward to that. Uh, getting, looking forward to getting you involved there. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I want to read three verses. I want to give you a challenge tonight from these verses. And it's kind of a phrase that I have said to myself many, many times. And uh, just something I, I want to... I don't have points tonight. It's one point. The, the main thought is the point of the message and uh, we're going to read it. I'm going to give you the, the, as we were talking about uh, digging in and studying the Word of God, the series that we did on digging in on Wednesday nights uh, uh, a couple, uh, within the last couple months, you'll know that every passage of Scripture has one interpretation. It only means one thing, but several applications. I want to give you the interpretation here of this passage, but I want to use, the, use an application as a springboard to talk about it uh, in some other areas you'll see as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Even when you pray, be careful, you know, you're not just muttering things and vain repetition, all that. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth, therefore let thy words be few. And then verse 3, for a dream cometh through a multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. I want to focus in there, of course, talking about our words here, but verse 3, a dream cometh through the multitude of business or work, labor, and a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. I do believe the interpretation of this passage, and Ecclesiastes is, is similar in some instances to the book of Proverbs, of course, both written by Solomon, but uh, so there's some, there's some proverbial type sayings of even in Ecclesiastes here. But there's an analogy given here in verse 3. The analogy is a dream cometh through the multitude of business. You know, uh, when you lay, and I think what it's talking about, there are many dreams show that the dreamer is a hard worker. When you, are, when you go to bed at night and you're, and you're resting and you're dreaming, that should be a sign that that deep sleep is a sign that you were working hard. Well, then it says, just as a dream cometh through the multitude of business, a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. And many words, many dreams show the hard worker, many words show the speaker is a fool. Many words show that the speaker is a fool. And that could even, in, in the context, even be applied to our prayers. Sometimes the best prayers are not a lot of words. But it's a heartfelt 
plea or cry to God. In Romans chapter 8, the Bible talks about prayers that, that sometimes are just groanings, and, and the Holy Spirit is able to take that and to interpret it before the Father and, and say, hey, he's saying, but this is what he means, God. He's shedding tears, but this is what that means. And, and sometimes, and I think that's an amazing ministry of the Holy Spirit that's able to do that. That's what the passage is talking about, but, but the multitude, uh, it says there, a dream coming through the multitude of business. And I want to talk about there, I think a good application of that as well, is that dreams come through work. And I want to show you some verses about labor in the Bible today. Would you take your Bible and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians in chapter number 5, if you would, and uh, we won't spend uh, all of our time Flip into pages, but I want you to see in second. Did I say second Corinthians chapter five? I want to show you this here. And I think it's you know literal dreams come. I believe the verse is talking about through uh, through a hard day's work, of course, and what you're thinking about throughout the day. That's what you're dreaming about at night. And I think it's it's you could say a dream is achieved also through an abundance of work. To put uh, this in another way, I would say less talk and more work. I've, often, I've said so many times to our kids or to uh, even the teenagers, less talky and more worky. Uh, you know, like even in class when I was teaching Bible class, they'd be talking, less talky, more worky. Get, get, get your work done, okay? And, uh, and, and I think what we could see here is that dreams come by working not by wishing. And that's what I want to preach to you about. I'm going to pray, we'll read the scripture, but dreams come by working, not by wishing. And so let's talk about that for a few minutes and pray together first. Father, I pray tonight as we are starting into this message and really a challenge in this area that we've just seen that, Lord, a lot of dreams have been laid out today. A lot of vision has been laid out today. But Lord, I know that that it takes work to accomplish dreams, not just wishes. And so I pray, God, that we would be willing to put in the work to achieve what you have laid upon our hearts to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For years I have felt that I have had a lot of dreams, a lot of dreams, and honestly, sometimes I regret sharing some of my dreams and visions for the church because when you don't accomplish those dreams or you don't do those dreams right away, it, can, it, it doesn't seem like leadership, it seems like delusion. When you have a lot of dreams, but you cannot put the work into it because, you know, and, and we get busy and I don't need to tell you about my busy life because you've got a busy life too. But uh, there have been multitudes of dreams that I have had for this ministry and uh, for this church over the last several years, and, and uh, some of those I've shared in staff meeting or in other, or in other meetings with people, and, and, uh, but then just through, the, through busyness and other things, those dreams were not able to be accomplished. And I will say, though, that this has taught me, and, and even what we see today, that dreams require work. It's, it's good to have a dream, and, I'm, and I, you know, I'm, I, I, I view myself as more of a dreamer, and my wife is the detail person. God put us together, right? Because I'll be like, I have a vision, and my wife is like, hey, who's going to uh, pick up the pizza for the activity? I'm like, I didn't even think about that, but I had a vision, you know, and, and so God has put us together, and those things are both absolutely needed, but I have seen that, that, uh, that God has allowed recently some dreams to start getting some work behind them, and I'm very excited. 
to see what God's going to do because dreams come by working, not by wishing. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse, verse number 9. Wherefore we labor. Now we're going to, is the previous verse talking about, hey, we're going to be with God soon. You know, and it's, it's better to be absent from the body than to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And so it's talking about, hey, we've got a short amount of time here. We're going to see Christ, yes, but we need to be laboring because we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I remember as a kid watching, you know, war movies and, and things of that nature. I remember watching, watching movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. Uh, I'm sure we all know Arnold here, but uh, uh, of course an actor there. And back then, of course, he was younger and, and man, he had... He had the muscles, right? He was Mr. Olympia and, and the perfect physique, you know, and, and looked very similar to what you see on the platform tonight, but uh, he looked very similar, but, but he, man, he was, he was just like, you know, the pinnacle, and, and, every, and I remember as a kid, I was like, I want muscles like that. I want muscles like that, but you know what I learned? Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't, didn't get muscles by wishing. He got muscles by working, probably some steroids too, but he got muscles by working, yeah, that's how it worked. I remember as a teenager, I started taking guitar lessons. And uh, my guitar teacher was, you know, he graduated from a college with a degree in music. And he was in like three different bands. None of them were any good, but he was good. And uh, he had all these beautiful, really expensive guitars. And I'd go sit in his, in his, uh, in his house and I'd take lessons every Monday, I think it was. And, and uh, I'd sit in there and listen to him play. And, and uh, he, we would, we, he would help me. You know, I was learning the wrong type of music. But, but we'd sit there and solo over different patterns and blues bars and all this kind of stuff and I just listen to him play and think man I wish I could play like that I mean his fingers would just fly over the fretboard like it was absolutely nothing but you know what I learned is that Paul my guitar teacher did not learn or did not uh, get that dream did not have that by wishing it came by working that skill came by work I remember listening to my pastor preach Pastor Cobernat growing up, and I remember listening to him preach and just quote scripture after scripture, and, and it would just seem like scripture would come, and he'd just quote scripture, and, and he would talk about, and he would take a passage that you'd never read before in your life, you know, you've read the Bible ten times, you know, you never feel like you've read that passage before, but uh, he'd take that a passage, and, he, and he'd tie that to an Old Testament passage to the New Testament, and tie the New Testament to the Old Testament, and he would just fit the Bible together in such a way that made it mesh, and you could see the grand design of the, the weaver, the, the weaving of scriptures that God has done, and, and he would get beneath the surface, and it was so amazing, and I just loved so much. I, I even asked after he passed away, I asked for copies of his messages because I just wanted to read through them. They were always so intricate and so, and just beautiful and, and, and incredible messages. Scores of scripture memorized, knew the Bible so well, and I used to say to myself, boy, I wish I knew the Bible like that. And I began to realize that he doesn't know the Bible because he wished it. He knows it because he worked. And what I want to say tonight is that whatever dream and, and whatever vision that God has placed on your heart, whatever ministry or whatever service, you, you, it's going to take more than dreaming. It's going to take more than wishing. We're going to have to be willing to put the work in. You know, we want to see our church grow. We want to see our church reach this city. We want to see our church, uh, uh, you know, be discipling people and getting them from lost to saved to baptized to disciple to growing. That takes more than wishing. It takes working. It takes work. 
We have to be willing to put the work. Jesus did not say, I must wish. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. I must work. In 2 Thessalonians 3.8, the Bible says, Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Paul said, hey, we, we didn't want to take your money. Hey, we labored aside from the ministry. Hey, we were working and travailing night and day because we didn't want to put any extra labor on you. They were willing to do the work. In 1 Timothy 4.10, for therefore uh, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. There is a labor, though, in the Bible that is wrong. The Bible talks in Proverbs 23.4, labor not to be rich. Boy, do we have this backwards in our society. We have it so backwards. We, we labor to be rich instead of laboring for the cause of the, uh, of the, the King of Kings and laboring to, to accomplish something for the Lord Jesus Christ. The word work appears 420 times in the Bible. The word works appears 237 times in the Bible. I remind you tonight that something of you, what you already know, that we do not do good works to get saved. Amen to that, because goodness, we can never do enough. We do not do good works to get saved, but because we are saved, we should do good works. And our works... For God are proof that we are saved. Because it's not, you don't do it to get saved, but, but working for God shows that, hey, there, there was a transformation on the inside. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know, it's an amazing thing that I can find myself, you know, and, and we find ourselves as Christians sometimes, we'll work hard at the gym, We'll work hard on a job. We'll work hard when, we, when we're on a, on a basketball team or something of that nature, volleyball or football, whatever it is. We'll work hard at, at, at instruments. and We'll work hard around the house. But we also need to work hard for the things of God. It requires work. And I know I'm preaching to the ones who are working. But I want to remind us of this, that as we're venturing out starting ministries and, and we're trying to do something for God, it's not going to always be easy. And it's not going to be without opposition. Anytime you're moving forward, there is friction created. And the devil does not like that. And there will be opposition. But you know what we got to do? We have to continue working the works of him that called us and sent us. We have to continue doing what God called us to do. T.E. Lawrence said, all men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds awake to the day to find that it was all vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for the many act out their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. I love that quote. You know, it's, a lot of people dream, but they're not equal dreams because some people just dream at night and they wake up and they don't do anything about it and they go on their way. But some people dream during the day. Like some of you are daydreaming right now. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what we're talking about. But you dream during the day. In other words, you're, 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 you're having a vision for something and you're dreaming about what God could do. I'm not talking about dreaming about, you know, building your mansion and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, don't try to, you know, be better at your job. I'm not saying that at all. I'm more focused on the ministry aspect of serving God tonight, of saying, hey, what can I do? How can I have a vision for what God wants? Many, you know, you've heard the Disney quote before. A dream, finish it with me, is a wish you're 
heart makes. Okay, I just want to see who it was. It's been watching Disney. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, a dream is a wish your heart... That's such a cute quote, isn't it? A dream is a wish your heart makes. But can I tell you something? If you've been to Disneyland, wishes did not build that place. Work built that place. You should read about the... Uh, about, uh, even in uh, Orlando... The work that went into building that. Even the work that they have to do to keep mosquitoes out of the park. Like, they, they, there has been labor. And I'm not here to talk about how great Disney is, anything like that. But I'm saying, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, wishes that built that. It was, it was work. It was hard work. Growth will take work for us in this church. Christian growth takes work. Why? Because sometimes it's painful. Remember when I was growing up, and, and uh, I, I was always short and real, real short and real skinny as a kid. And then when I was about 10 or 11, I started growing really fast. And I grew a foot, like one foot, 12 inches in one summer. I, I just was growing so rapidly. It was probably four or five months, but it, it was in, in the summertime that I did that. I developed shin splints. You ever had those shin splints? Painful! And you know what? There, it, it caused pain to grow a little bit at that time. And for us, sometimes it takes, it's a little bit painful to grow, personally. But growth will take work. Vision takes work. Dreams take work. Can I just say, I'm winding down here in a minute. I think we should have vision. I think it's a good thing to have a dream. I think if you're a leader of a ministry, you should dream. You should have a vision. You should have something that you're, that you're reaching for and trying to do for the Lord. <clears throat> But we should not expect to achieve them without putting in the blood, sweat, and tears. It was Colin Powell who said, A dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. So here's the two-step process. Step one, you get a vision from the Lord. You get a vision from the Lord. What does the Lord want? What does God want out of that ministry? What does God want from you? What does God want? And I think you ought to have a vision for your family. I think you ought to have a vision for your relationship with your spouse. I think you ought to have a vision for your relationship with your, with your kids. I pray every day that God would give me a vision for my life to see what he wants me to do, what potential he wants me to reach in serving him. Uh, God, that God would give me a vision for my family, that God would give me a vision for my kids, that God would give me a vision for the people of this church and for this church. And I'm praying for God to give me that vision, but I also know that work has to go into it. Now, I will say this about a vision. The right vision never glorifies you. I'm going to get a vision for God. If you have the right vision, it doesn't glorify you. Your vision should not be, I'm going to build this so I can stand on top of, of all the shoulders of others and have people worship me. That's the wrong vision. That's the wrong vision. But our vision should be to serve God and to see God do amazing things if he would through us. So you get the vision from God, but then the step two is you work and pray towards it. You have to put the work and the prayer in. And I want to just ask you a couple questions as we get ready to close here about a vision. Is there somebody you know that needs to get saved? Is there somebody you know that needs to get saved? See, they don't have a vision for their spiritual life. They need you to have a vision for them. And then when you get that vision, they need you to do some work to help them out too. I, have two, I had two neighbors that we, when we lived in our previous apartment. And uh, I've talked to them about them before. Cedric and I, that's their names. And, and, uh, and they, they have three kids. And uh, Trillo, Jita, and Ime are their three kids' names. Three boys. 
and uh, they were expecting their kids, uh, their, their, t- their twins on the same time we were expecting Kelly. And uh, they lived downstairs from us. We got to know them, and or they lived upstairs from us, I'm sorry. And uh, I, I, as for Cedric and I, I've been praying for them for years. For years. See, I, I have a vision for their spiritual life. I have a vision that they would get saved and be in church and get their kids in church and live for God and, and, become, and, and, and become servants and disciples of the Lord. I have a vision for them, and my vision is forcing me to do something about it. What am I doing? I'm praying. I, I, I'm trying to witness. I'm inviting them. And i got to tell you, as I pray for them day by day, I've been working and praying for them for years, and I expect God to do something. I'm expecting it. Why? Because I've been laboring and working. And every Christmas we take by stuff to them. And, and, and every time we have an opportunity, we're, we're inviting them. And guess what? I've been praying for months for Friend Day next month that they would walk through these doors and get saved. That's what I'm praying for. I've been, I'm praying. And hey, if it doesn't happen next month, I'm not going to quit praying. I'm going to keep praying until they do come, until I can witness to them, until they get saved. Why? Because they don't have a vision for their spiritual life. Somebody's got to, though. And God put us in that apartment. And now God's put us in a house. We don't live there anymore, but, but uh, I, we, I still text him every now and again. And I'm working on them. Why? What I'm saying is this, that you have got to have, if there's someone in your life that needs to get saved, you've got to have a vision for them. And then you need to be willing to do the work. I think about the bus ministry needs to get started again, and we're working on that. But uh, we ought to have a dream of reaching more people, to work, to labor. We ought to have a soul winning. Uh, you know, we have a dream of, of having people added to the church and, and, and seeing people get saved and come to church. But can I tell you something? That takes work. It takes work to get out on the streets. It takes work to pass out tracts. It takes work to get no after no. And then, yes, it, it takes work to do that. Our Sunday school classes. If we want to have an engaging, exciting class that's growing, that's our dream to have a class that's growing and exciting and engaging and teaching people. You know how that comes? It comes by work. It doesn't come by letting our Sunday school roster go to naught. It it comes by laboring and working and pastoring and loving people. That's how it comes. About a great marriage. I want to have a great marriage. Then you know what it's it's going to require? It's going to require work. Marriage takes work. Amen or not? Yeah, it takes work to have a good marriage. It takes work to humble yourself. It takes work to self-sacrifice. It takes work to do those things. Work is required. And I think, hey, we can all have visions and dreams, and I think you should. I think you ought to have a dream for your Sunday school class. I think you ought to have a dream for your family. I think you ought to have a dream for your ministry and whatever you're doing about and winning souls and reaching people. But the dream is the first step. The work is the next part. The prayer and the work is essential. And so let's not, let's not get to, it, to the point where we're like, okay, you know, I'll, 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 I've signed up and all that. And that's great. But I want to say, if you're going to have a vision, you're going to have a dream for doing something for God, the work has to be put in too. Vance Havner was a preacher of many years ago, and he, uh, he had a way with words. If you ever can get your hands on Vance Havner material, Vance Havner said this, the vision must be followed by the venture. It is not enough to stare up the steps. We must step up the stairs. I also like John Maxwell just said, dreams don't work unless you do. Dreams don't work unless you do. And I'm so thankful for the people of our church that labor 
and you put in hours, and, and I know you, you work 40, 50, 60 hours, and then some of you, you get off work in the morning, and then you come right to church and serve, and, and I thank God for you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to guilt you into anything, but what I am saying is that as this church keeps going for the Lord, it's going to require more people rolling up their sleeves and saying, hey, I've got a vision from, uh, you know, and not like an actual thing that you see, like, oh, I ate too much pizza, now I've had this vision. That's what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about you have something that God is giving you for that ministry. And then, and it may be that God gives you that vision through the pastor. That's a lot of times how it works. But what I'm saying is you, I, I want to see the more people having that and then more people just willing to get their, roll up their sleeves and get to work. And if we're willing to do that, I'm going to tell you that God, if we're willing to work and pray and trust in him and rely completely upon him, I can't, there's no end to the potential of what God could do with this church if we're willing to do that. Dreams come by working, not by wishing. And I want to just encourage us as we're heading into October, we're getting ready for friend day. Let's put some work in. If we want God to do something great, let's, it, it's, it's not about our, our power, but God expects us to work. And so let's pray, rely upon God, but let's also do what he tells us to do and put the work in. Father, thank you for tonight, and, and thank you for people. I'm, I'm preaching to the people tonight, Lord, who, who are involved in all these ministries and who are serving and who are, who are willing to serve and those who are leading ministries and, and already been serving in ministries for years and years. But God, I just pray that we would be willing, over, especially over this next month, as we get ready for our big... Uh, our, our